Hello and welcome to Coffee Break. I'm Carlos Rivera. On today's podcast, we will discuss with uh, young Mr. Rosenberg here the triumphs and failures of film school, the future of filmmaking, and the independent scene. As always, I'm joined by the always affable Joey Dowd, the lovely Sherry Salter, and the uber intelligent and manly Andrew Hevia. Thanks for listening and enjoy. So, um, after you guys left FSU, what kind of uh, connections did they hook you up with? Um, one of the things that they do is uh, what's called a mentorship. Um, no? What do, you, do you have to add? I mean, I personally uh, got hooked up um, with a gentleman by the name of Miles Kahn, who is a producer on The Daily Show and a really cool guy. And uh, I got to hang out with him a little bit in New York City, which was an interesting way to see how television stuff works up there. And then, you know, if you're interested in doing a specific thing, you know, they'll give you contact information of alumni and stuff that are doing things that you're interested in doing. And you can go and write them an email and say what up. I know Andrew's done that. I'd say it, it's, um, it's less what film school did for me and what I was able to do with what film school had. Which I think is an important distinction, um, because even if the film school is going to do the stuff for you, it's really about you, you know, taking it into your own hands. And I think a film school is only so good as you're willing to make it. So there are plenty of places that um, text message. that uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's, it's a student that makes the school. Yeah. So what Florida State has um, is something, and they have a, a pretty accessible group of alumni. So if you find anyone to FSU, you can pretty much email them um, and ask them anything that you want to. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, you know, like... Yeah, it's, it's a, a pretty, it's a pretty strong network. Per year, so it's kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, I kind of got that common bond already. Did you get a mentor? Because no. actually some... You did, okay, neither did I. I think because, I think you only get a mentor if you go to LA or New York. I got a mentor when I was, I was still, because I was, when I graduated, I planned on staying in Florida and doing a documentary, and so the mentor I got was someone, like, locally <coughs> who had done documentaries. Um, in, like, northern Florida? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't and know. And then I, I didn't end up sticking with that. Um, well, I never actually met my mentor, which is kind of my fault, um, <laughs> but... As you slouch in your chair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it didn't really work out, but um, probably more, more my fault than anything. And then I, I left, and I never... You know, I didn't get another mentor when I decided I wasn't working on my documentary. And so. what makes them choose whether or not to I mean, give you a mentor? The, the idea is that they ask you your interest. I remember that. They ask, like, oh, are you interested in yeah, this? And then when you give that, then they try to match someone. That's in a similar area or someone in an area you want to go into. Right, but if you're going to, you know, a, a smaller market or somewhere else or something not as plentiful, there may not be someone to connect you with, in which case... But, I mean, like, You're a trooper, in school, here. Andrew and I were just in school for a semester, like, that overlapped. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't know, we talked maybe once or twice. But, I mean, because we have the FSU, like, we're connection when we moved down here. Mm-hmm. You know, that was sort of that network. It's something, it's some, it's a, there's a phrase Sherry has used, and I know other people have used, but I've heard it from Sherry first, called the FSU Army. I got that from a day well, Speak on that for a moment. Um, well... At Sundance this year, uh, a friend of mine produced a movie that played at Sundance, and she posted on her Facebook when she got there something to the effect of, it's times like this that I'm grateful for the FSU Army, because apparently there were a lot of people at Sundance that, like, had, like, from FSU that had films there, and sort of, like, they, you know, all kind of help each other out, that kind of thing. So it's not, although it is competitive, it's, once you're out, it's... I think is even it, once you're it, in, it's like you're you're working so closely with everybody yeah. that it's a really like collaborative um, kind of thing. So I mean, everyone's guaranteed. I mean, at least the undergrad. Well, no, now the grad too. Everyone's guaranteed a film. Like you're guaranteed okay. the same resources, the same film. So it's not like you're all competing for right. a thesis film or something. So everyone's getting the same stuff. So it's kind of just a matter of you know, helping each other out. What's really nice is that everyone at this table. We didn't exactly hang out while we were in school. Sherry and I were friends. We knew Carlos. We didn't exactly hang out with him. Wink. Um, and and Joey wasn't there while I was there. Yeah, except for the semester. Yeah, and um, I don't think I met you while we were at school. I think I knew. Oh yeah, I saw you when you were money. 
Yeah, I, that happened. <laughs> Miami small. There are only so many you know FSU kids in Miami, and yeah. there's not that much for us to do but team up. Um, I mean, and it, it's a it's a, a worthwhile. I mean, it's a safe bet, I guess, that that the FSU kids should stick together, and we tend to. Especially like in LA, um, pretty much when I was living in LA for a very brief time, like everyone I would run into would you know have some sort of like FSU connection, like where I worked and like everybody would sort of like help people from FSU get like when they had a job opening they would like try to fill it with somebody that went to film school just because they would know they kind of know you know here person, like, I have I, I guess I have a better story and I guess really specific story that should I'm gonna say end this part of the conversation um, I was on uh, when I first moved back to Miami when one of the only things going on was Miami Inc um, a lot of reality shoots in Miami uh, actually Carlos has worked on quite a bit of it here but when Miami Inc um, was here. I got a job as a, a logger, meaning I was in the in the command center, writing down everything that was happening on all the cameras, um, and you know doing live logging. Um, not wood logging. <laughs> not a lumberjack. <laughs> I was not a lumberjack. I was a glorified transcription in the Everglades. Um, but but um, you just made a logging joke. <laughs> at, at this point, I've been working. I've, I've been working in Miami for a couple, of, or looking for work for a couple of months, and not finding anything. And whenever I'd go into a place and ask if I was qualified, I'd say, "Oh, I went to film school," and I would either get laughed at or made fun of, um, pretty harshly, to the point where I learned really quickly nobody respects that I went to film school. No I should cares. stop telling people I went to film school. Mm -hmm. Although I feel like I learned a lot of very valuable, very specific production-oriented things. Pretty much everyone made fun of me because their film school sucked. <laughs> so yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, anyway, um, but so but I'm on my meek and um, I'm filling in for a girl while so and so is leaving and this girl's moving up. Like I'm filling in for her and she's training me, and she keeps pressing about where I went to film school and wants to know and I'm I'm like sidestepping the question, avoiding the answer. And oh, I learned this at one time and oh, I've done that before. But she keeps trying to push me about where I went to school. So finally, she asked me point blank, "Where did you go to school?" And I said, "I went to Florida State Film School." She stops and says, so did I. Listen, that's great. I know everything you know. We're done. I'm not, I'm not worried about you anymore. And at that minute, uh, her name was Brooke Krinsky. At that minute, um, you know, we were friends. She stopped like, like hassling me. She was like, all right, I trust you. Go ahead. I'm going to go mess with this person who didn't go to Florida State, and they suck. I'm going to go make sure they do their job. Um, and it was amazing. That was the moment that, that sort of clicked. It was like, oh, not only do I, and did she trust me because of where I went, we also have teachers. Like she could call a teacher and be like, "Hey, is this guy an asshole or what?" And and generally, <laughs> funny, which, which, funnily enough, didn't you call him about funnily? me? When when Joey moved back to Miami, <laughs> uh, I I never worked with Joey, but I needed someone to fill a position, and I called Keith Slade and asked, like, "Tell me about this Joey kid. Like, like, what's up with him?" He asked me too. Yeah, and Keith gave you a very high recommendation, which is why you know. Yeah. Why your friends with Keith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know you didn't slip through. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the advantage, because it's so selective, because they only take 30, so it's already kind of go through that filtering process, so, I mean, you do have some questionable people there, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so for the most people, part, you know. Some people are better suited for other positions, and the thing is, what's advantage of a uh, thing about Florida State is that everyone does every position all the time. Yeah. So, so at least you know the basics of everything. But, you know, that means, in, while making your film, sometimes you get someone who really wants to be DP being your production designer. And they have no interest in building sets or the color of somebody's dress. Maybe that's bad. So they person. won't take it seriously. <laughs> no, they're just not as qualified. Excellent. Like they're just not as naturally gifted, I guess, or as, as interested okay. in the job. Sometimes, like, it's hard to be a script soup when you really want to be. What's the exact? Well, I mean, it's hard to do anything or... that you're not really that interested in. I mean, some people just aren't that good at it. I mean, if you're gonna take someone who wants to be. Uh, a, a film editor and you're gonna make them in charge of costume and building your sets and stuff it's it's it, you know some people are better suited towards yeah. I mean, you know, they only make things. you do everything for the first project but then yeah. with DCC and I think it's you really important. have more little leniency yeah, I think it's important to to know how to do all yeah. of the jobs um, Joey's really good at paperwork he UPM'd my uh, thesis film I've produced a lot too yeah. I like paperwork <laughs> I like papers you're really good with contracts yeah um, He's still in voices. Should, should we move on to another question? So, should like we Star just Wars give up on? Should we give up on? No, let's do Star Wars after this. This is your reward. It doesn't work. Right. You're talking about uh, L.A. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, are there any uh, 
like, can you take a semester, I don't want to say off, but, like, transfer to somewhere in L.A.? You mean no. while you're in school? While you're at FSU. No, no, it's like, once the program starts, it's two and a half years, and it's very, like, it's not like you follow a normal college schedule, mm-hmm. it's like, everything overlaps between semesters, so it's like a very set two and a half year okay. program. I do remember hearing them talk about, they always rearrange it, and I heard them talking about trying to have some sort of, like, travel abroad thing Apparently, incorporated. Apparently, a couple of years before we started, like, because Justin, yeah, like, they, they went to thing. London for, like, a there semester. That used to be a thing. Um... That would have been cool. Now they tell you you can either you either have to do that the summer before you start film school or um, you Good can gap year. You no, could, I mean, like, no, but you could like, definitely gap year before going to college. Yeah, you definitely which, could do. Well, except they take more freshmen than they do transfers. So if you apply as a freshman, get as a freshman, you would have to go. Right, but if you if you defer your college, like, you don't go to college. You enter as a freshman just when you're older. You can always defer graduation and do something. Yeah, I mean, word. I right. mean, I don't know that that'll be beneficial. I mean, you know, going going, you know, straight from the production cycles are really tough. Like you get there in your first semester and you do your first short film, you know, which aren't a big deal. You don't get a big crew for it. Um, you know, it's supposed to be like we'll get your feet wet, you know, sort of thing. But you know, right as those things are ending and you're beginning to start to edit that, you go into the upperclassmen's films, and all of a sudden you're on sets for the next three and a half months straight where you're you know constantly doing that and then they give you like a week or two to like edit your film or get that down and then as soon as that's over you go into like doing a documentary and a smaller short film and stuff and it's like there's not really a moment where you're not gearing up for what's coming next or wrapping up which is yeah or wrapping up which overlaps is like very intricately Schedule. So you can never have time to like make your own short film on the side with your friends. I mean, you, the idea is you find you make a lot of wanted, stuff. Yeah, like, you make a lot of stuff there. I mean, if like you really want to, you can find the time. Like yeah, it's not, but there's a good chance you won't want to. And the projects that you're doing, you know, you have a crew of, you know, 15, 20 people. Yeah. And it's not something that, you know, there's there's paperwork to be done. There's, you know, the green light meeting. There's all this, you know, pre-planning and scheduling that, you know, is involved. Auditions, things like that, that not only are you doing for your film, but you're helping your friends do for their films. And so it becomes one of those things where with so much work to be done on all these different projects... You know, there's not really, like, this breathing time where, like, oh, okay, like, I'll take a step back from that for a little bit. What did I learn? What did you do? You sort of just learn on the fly and on to the next one. So. But the way it works is, like, your very first year at college is, like, freshman year. You take general classes. Like, you don't do any film stuff. You don't touch the camera at all. You're not even in the film program. You right. can, like, take an intro to film class, but you're just, like, a general college student. Like, you have to do all your mm-hmm. required classes. And then after the second year, that's when you start film school and you're full film all the time but between those there's a summer and you can do stuff between then um so that is one period but I, d- I did hear them talking about shifting they always shift stuff so i mean it could be different by the time like in two years and tying into what you just said about a a, a normal college student in the beginning um <laughs> what i mean fsu has its reputation as fsu you know i mean it's a it's a serious film school but um, it's, you, you, you really only have two years at film, right? Because freshman, sophomore year, you're not in it. I'll say this. Two and a half. It's plenty. But it's full. It's yeah. Full time. You don't go Summer, summers. Summers too. And it's, you know, it's 14, intense. 16 hours at a stretch. Like. Yeah. So you, you yeah. don't think that a, like a actual four year film no. school just no, technical I mean, if anything is, the thing is like because you do summers like the, the amount of semesters you're taking it's seven semesters which is like That's almost like if years. yeah if you weren't doing summers you, it'd be like three and a half like regular years and you know i think i think i was definitely i as definitely, much I as you definitely didn't feel like anything was lacking like as far as i go i don't know maybe we should have done more of this but yeah, I, mean, I suppose I, like we could have spent more time getting into into um, certain things, but you get more than enough to point you in the direction you need to go. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his experience. And the truth is, in, in what, two and a half years, I think it was, in two and a half years, I worked on 46 short films in every single possible capacity. Yeah, you definitely work so on a lot of stuff. You get a feel for every yeah, single and, and I and I pointedly did not volunteer the year before film school. I did. 
I worked on about like 30 short films the first year of college before I started film school Anxious. just because I wanted to. So you can um, act, you can actually do that. Yeah. 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 In my freshman year I volunteered on a lot of like MFA so you, like, like PA grad. and stuff. Like I did that. mostly art assisting, okay. but I did it on a lot of them. I did um, a bunch of PA and grip work. And that means so, Sherry worked on probably 80 short films while she was at Florida State. Yeah. Wow. I tried doing that outside of school like it's, yeah. Do you know that many people making movies in that, moment, in that amount of time? Yeah, because the whole school itself, they produce, I don't know, it's like 200 films a year. Yeah. Like so between graduate and undergrad, it's a lot. A lot of experience. It's kind of a machine that churns out movies. Yeah, and in that, in that sense, it's, um, I don't know many that have those kind of opportunities. No. And the faculty, they're all working in the business and they're not like retired. Um, it's, uh, some are retired, some, some are, are still working. Yeah. Most of them are keeping busy. Like even once you're retired, are working on, like now they're taking the time to work on projects that they always wanted to work on. Yeah, because like I've I've like heard that if like some faculty are retired for a long time, they won't know what's current in the business. No, I yeah, think everyone stays all pretty all current. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, some they're there for various reasons, like they might have got an injury or something, and so they just like can't really be on set, but then they they teach or. Or do stuff there. Yeah, I mean, I but like some are just taking are... a some take a break. Yeah, some I mean, are some, there for a little while and then they yeah, go like, back. Yeah, like I mean, um, I'm Kelsey the was directing a... teacher I had that came in. He had to like take a year off to go direct a film and then he came back. So, yeah. um, I mean, people. But we had a screenwriting professor who was go. who was having. They were making her movie in Atlanta. And Tallahassee was so close, she was able to like pick up the film school teaching job and and then be near. You know, production like and she went back to LA as soon as they finished mm -hmm. production I think right after that I know she's she been was only LA. there for like what two she's three, been in two LA years. for like a year how long have you been in LA Kelsey I can't hear you <laughs> I think the connection was lost there oh man <laughs> we lost Kelsey. I hope Kelsey's listening hi Kelsey happy birthday it was yesterday I think so I was talking to Andrew about this before um the fact that FSU <coughs> doesn't require you to send in a film um, do you think, uh, I don't know how to phrase this, like, what are the pros and cons against that, I guess? Like, do you think some people were not qualified at all to be in the program? <laughs> and you don't have to name I, names. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't think that there aren't people who are, aren't or aren't qualified. I think some people, it wasn't what they were expected. Yeah. Like, there's always, like, you know, a handful of people who leave usually yeah. within the first semester like this isn't what yeah, I thought it was going to be like really intense and so a lot of people kind of wanted something more I think everyone, I think everyone was qualified I think some people lost interest and then maybe you know once I mean, you've like, lost you interest love, you don't necessarily don't, put your best like effort forward I'd say what's interesting too is how many of us when you how many of like our classmates when you leave school how many of them don't go into production in which case what they ended up doing and what we did in school aren't necessarily um yeah, they don't necessarily follow. So if you're really interested, if you want to work in broadcast office and, and really want to make deals and be an agent... You're probably better off going to business school. Yeah, you don't need to go to, yeah. to, to a production-intensive program that requires you to work on that many short films. It's nice to know how to gaff, but really not necessary if your job is to connect you know, talent to, to talent. Yeah, I mean, when I was in some of the offices I worked at, you know, meeting some of the other people my age, they were like, oh, you know, what did you do? You know, some of them went to film school, but a lot of them did, you know, they were in film schools that had, you know, tracks like, uh, you know, producing track, like I want to be a producer, or like a writing track, and so all they did was just writing intensive or producing intensive. It wasn't something where like, well, they got to do a little bit of everything, and then a lot of them were just like kids from business school or, you know, um, kids who had, you know, creative writing uh, degree or, you know, something that wasn't film related. And it makes sense, too, you know, because when, when I got into some of the production office, I had no idea <laughs> what I was doing. I mean, not that I did, you know, but you know what I mean. Words. Um, as far as your question about, like, whether or not you should have to submit a video, I think that, like, um, I think that what they're really looking for at that point is your like potential because not everyone at that level is going to have the capability to like yeah, so shoot. it's more of like a level playing field or equal opportunity yeah because so. like from like out of high school not everybody has the chance to like make a short right. film and or had a TV production I, right and i think or... in the undergraduate program they really want to be able to like 
sort of mold you mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, they can teach you what you need to know on how to make a film. Yeah. And since so much of making a film is teamwork and, and like directing before you go to film school is like, oh, I just got some friends together and made a movie. Directing in film school is a lot more like management. You know, you've got a crew of 25 you have yeah. to organize and rally and you have to worry about crew morale and, and things like budgets. Like, are you of that type? And seeing that you made a really good movie when you had, you know, six months to make it does not necessarily equate. So, yeah, I made a good movie doesn't necessarily tell you they're a good filmmaker. Um, so, in film school, especially the FSU, is, is very much a team-oriented experience. So, it's also important that you work well in groups. And there's yeah. a competitiveness, too. I mean, if you don't know as much about something, you don't want to be the weak person who doesn't hold their mm-hmm. own when, you know, push comes to shove and it's your turn to, you know, step up. So, if you're not as good at one thing, all of a sudden, you know, you're doing that for someone else's, you know, film who's your friend and a peer, you don't want to be not dependable in that regard, I guess. Um. So... Something, if, if you're going to ask it or if you're not going to ask it, you want to. Um, <laughs> undergrad versus grad. He's going to ask it for you. At FSU or in general? In general. Like, because the idea of going to film school. I mean, it seems like film school, it, like, as a general thought, it seems to be more degree. accepted as, like, a grad program. Just, I don't know. If but at the same time, observation. it is a terminal degree, like, uh, like a terminating degree. No, terminal degree. What do you mean? Yeah, like. What do you mean? means if you go to undergrad, like if you go to film school in undergrad, you have no reason to need to go oh, to grad yeah. school for film. Oh, yeah, so why absolutely. would you get an undergrad degree? Like they won't let else? you, like they won't let you into the grad program if you went at FSU. For like you FSU. could probably go to film school somewhere else and get a grad degree, but why would you? you I know? think you have more career options open to you though if you if you go to Wait, really? film school as undergrad and then. Because, I mean, at least, I mean, if, if, you, if, to film school and if you go to film school as grad school, it's pretty much like, I mean, if you're going to put the time and the money that paying for a film, a film school, you know, a graduate program costs, especially out-of-state money, you know, you're, you're pretty much doing that. I mean, any one of us could still continue to, to work in film, but we could go and get our MBAs right now, or, you know, we could go into something. Well, are you talking about going to grad school in film or going to grad school like for an MBA? I mean, just in general. Oh, in general. Yeah, like... Depending, I guess, a lot of it depends on what your ultimate life goal is, or what your, I guess to be a little defeatist, what your plan B is. Um, and I think the advantage <laughs> to film as a, as a grad school is that, um, you know, to, to study film for an MFA, is that you have whatever foundation you had in your undergrad that either gave you a professional experience and a, a world to rely on, and gives you a specific point of view if you're coming from, like, the medical industry, you know, and then you can start, like... Yeah, I, mean, I was really surprised when I graduated that there seems to be this sort of viewpoint that like oh you went to undergrad now you should go to grad school like i had a lot of family people ask me like oh you go to grad school I was like why yeah yeah but, i mean the majority of my friends are in grad school i have no reason so to go to grad like, school why? but if you were so inclined to study something entirely separate i think film gives you an extremely strong foundation in yeah I mean, real world totally. application you want just like they, yeah i know plenty of people who study business and are now in charge of companies or working in companies where they have you know 25 people in their team but they've never had that experience whereas you know, you have two and a half of in very intensive years working with these people. Like, I mean, yeah, it's definitely good if you want to go into something maybe similar, like marketing or something kind of parallel, where it's like more business-like, but you have this like whole storytelling art background. That uh, yeah, what you learn in film translates to pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Provide your. But yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, yeah, my thought or reply when people are like want to go to grad school is like, well, I just take that money and make a film. Right. Yeah. Like, Joey plays by his own rules. I <laughs> What's your next question? I have money. Um, well, speaking of money, um, <laughs> where where do the budgets for your movie come from? I guess your senior movie. Um, you. You you yeah. provide. Well, I mean, are you talking about like the, the film school? You get five hundred dollars from. The, you get all the equipment. You get the crew, and then you get um, like a budget of five hundred dollars, which usually goes towards feeding the crew. That's if it's a double. If it's a double, it's two fifty for you know one. Per well, I mean, that's what it was at the time. The idea is that Florida State pays for your films to be made. If you want to okay. go above and beyond what they provide, I mean, it's on you. Most, I mean, the main stuff that you have to pay for um, is food because the money doesn't cover all the food. But I mean, it's kind of like if you figure, if you like think about it, the amount of free meals you're getting on someone else's set for lunch and food is like basically what it's going to cost you to feed everyone. So it kind of all just balances out. Yeah. Um, okay. To feed because you have to feed everyone and provide craft services like food. Yeah. So the things you'll end up paying for, because, like, you don't have to pay for, you know, equipment or, right. you know... Right. If you shoot on film, you have to pay for film stock or processing. Yeah. 
But um, you'll have to pay for food and then like production design stuff. But yeah, like, at the same time, like you can write a movie that is gonna have you know thousands of dollars worth of production design, yeah. or you can write a movie that's gonna have like you know basically. Like if you write a sci-fi, like that's your decision. That or you a pirate movie. Should understand. Or a pirate movie. Nineteen forties film. Should understand noir. like what you're getting yourself into. Mikey like, Crandall. You're gonna have to pay for that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you just write a nice contemporary piece and find locations for it. So the bottom line is all the basic rock you and what you write will determine well, how much I, you spend overall. Tributary to that, there's an idea that I, I know some people at certain film schools who um, take their small films and use them to, to campaign for jobs and do these things and they're able to hire outside DPs, they hire professionals when they're in Los Angeles and their film student movie is shot, you know. By a working professional who was looking for more experience and really liked your action scene and really wanted more. I saw a lot of that when I was in New York. Like, there's a ton of that, and that's who you're competing with outside of a film school, I guess. Um, which is an interesting note about like how our film school movies compare to someone else's film school movies. But um, that's not really an option for us at Florida State, which is interesting. Uh, if there are goods and bads to that, the you good is that outside people in. Yeah, okay. and the good is that our, our movie, like, the, I guess we're as strong as a film school class. If that makes sense, like sometimes you have really great DPs in it, you can have a really well shot movie, and sometimes that person really wanted to be an editor. <laughs> um, but what that, what I think that sort of does is takes the focus off what your end product film is, and puts the focus more on the process of making the film. And I'd say Florida State, if anything, is very process oriented. Mm-hmm. You come away learning all the skills, how to walk onto a set and not look like an asshole, and how to run a set, um, and function in a production environment, and you can hold your own. Whereas other ones, they know how to hire a DP and then let the DP do it. Mm-hmm. But it, short of that, they have no like professional experience. It's beneficial. I mean, you know, I, I, I trust that, you know, Andrew produced a short film this past year called Velvet in conjunction with the Miami World Cinema Center. In that Forest. was an amazing movie. And Did you watch it? You saw it? That was an amazing, amazing <laughs> short and so he oh, there produced. You, go. <laughs> you like that focus on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that, on that same movie, Joey Joey pulled focus and Carlos AD in the movie. As assistant director, he produced and stuff. A but it's, yeah. yeah, and so an amazing movie. I mean, that's how like. But you know, we can show up on a set, and I know that Joey, although does not AC, Joey knows enough about camera that he can come and pull focus, and it'll be in focus, and Andrew you know, knows that he can leave me on a set and that, you know, I know what needs to be done and what can be, you know, be going on so, so that, all... you know, we're staying on schedule and we can trust each other because we know the stuff that the other one knows because we all learn the same thing. And yeah, so when you, like when you see well a person, yeah, I kind of just know that they already have that base knowledge, like you don't have to handhold them or yeah. you can pretty much instantly rely on them. You know how long something is supposed to take you know, what can be getting done in order to move the shoot forward, you know, once you're there on a set, what people's jobs are. And yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's one of the most helpful things about, like, learning how to do every position is, you know, having produced a couple of things. Like, you sort of know what it's going to take to get it done because you understand, like, having an yeah. understanding of all of the jobs, I think, is kind of... Yeah, you know what a gaffer needs to do the job right and what a sound yeah. mixer needs and... But yeah, I mean, the base knowledge of FSU sort of, trans- I mean, that's like the base knowledge of like how Hollywood sets work. So, okay. I mean, it's like the way, you know, you can just walk into pretty much any set and it's like the, it's like, you know, every set has like slight differences, but for the most part, you kind of aren't lost. And what was your least and favorite thing about FSU film school? Or FSU, the actual campus in general? Yeah, campus is pretty. Um, Parking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say, like, my experience at Florida State, uh, I think was very different than most everyone who attended Florida State, not the film school. Oh, yeah. I, I like to say that I didn't go to Florida State, I went very near Florida State, um, and I was okay with that. Like, you know, 50,000 people who really worship football was not quite where I belonged. Which, ironically, we're at the football stadium yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't where I, where I fit in well to film school. I was not necessarily comfortable with Florida State at large. Although there were plenty of things offered, had, you know, a world of stuff, and I think if I went now, I'd probably go to much more parties and, you know, you know do it like everyone else did it. But, <laughs> you know. I don't know what my least favorite thing is. 
I mean, it's definitely much more production oriented than than film theory oriented, but I, I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, you can just get Netflix and cover your film theory there. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I wouldn't want to pay twenty grand just to watch movies and like talk about films like a lot of other film schools. Right. You can. Yeah. I really liked that we had acting lessons for a short while. I really wish that. I see about that today and how much I hated it. See, but I, I wish we would have had, it was helpful. I mean, one of the biggest things, one of the, the, the hardest things that, at, at least for me, is, you know, I, I have actor friends and I'd really like to understand what their processes are mm -hmm. a little bit better than what I did in college because, you know, I think a big part of making movies is how, learning how to get what you need out of your you know, crew, which you've learned to do by making the movies in the process, but learning to talk to your actors and learning, um, you know, it's a very self-conscious thing, you know, freaky to get out in front of an entire crew in front of these big lights and a camera and yeah. stuff, you know, how can you get them into a zone where they're comfortable and trusting and still get a performance that you can see in your mind, but, you know, get that out of them once you're on a set. And so, you know, we had some acting classes that really helped me, but everything was so intensive and constantly going that we just really didn't have enough time, I guess, to do the, do more of that. So you think it was more acting? I feel like the acting class that we or? had was really helpful. Like, I mean... What did you... Oh, well, you, did, you guys had to act in, like, your F2s, right? Yeah, we had to do that, but we also... I mean, just, you know, taking the acting class and, like, not really being, you know... I did acting in high school, but, like, not really being an actress. Like, it's helpful to understand, like from an actor's point of view, how you're supposed to look at it. Because, like, I just made my movie with pretty much entirely non-actors, and, like, I basically had to teach them how to act before we started. And so knowing, like, taking that acting class was incredibly helpful as far as, like, knowing how to tell them how to think about acting, mm -hmm. basically. I mean, it's helpful because how an actor prepares and how a director or cinematographer or anyone else on a, on a show prepares is entirely different. You know, but and and you know, at least in terms of directing, they sort of have to know a little bit about how everyone else is preparing, and you know, what what their method entails. You know, because it's your job to help them get where they need to get to make the movie. So, I wish we had more of that, and I really wish we had had more. Uh, once a movie shot, what do you do with it? After that, I, mean, it was a, I didn't know anything about do. marketing. I feel like they added I mean, they that class a, right after we left, like the distribution. Yeah, I didn't class. even, I mean, I sat in on that class because I was a TA for Paul, but... Um, that would have been really helpful. They started it afterwards with like a marketing and distribution class, and um, yeah, there are a few books that, yeah, they're pretty good. I think, they I think started to do more tabs. I, my other thing with that is like, on the flip end, they do a good job of like, if I have a script, like, oh, I know, like, and I'm on a set, I know what to do. But the part before that, where it's like, how do you raise the money and mm -hmm. like yeah. fundraise and that get all that stuff together, they kind of that, that part's kind of missing. That's something I notice. Other, I guess when I think about what what's great about a program like um, NYU's, for example, NYU's, you sort of they parachute you in there and then you have to make a movie. You yeah. own your movie, from what I understand at well, NYU, because I know some so of them you're, like you're sell their short film. But what that means is you have to learn. If you're going to make your movie to get your you know thesis done and graduate, mm -hmm. you have to find that money, and you learn by doing how to raise the money, how to hire your DP. Well, but you already have a bunch of money already and a lot of debt because you're going to NYU but, to start. But it's like, uh, like Joey take, throws take out a hate. <laughs> take that off the table. What you learn is that like you learn how to make it happen in the real world. But you learn how to make it happen in the world by your own rules. Where at Florida State, you don't have to worry about that. What they provide you about, they provide no, those I'm things. curious about NYU numbers, though. Like, how many... I mean, what is it, class of 900 or something in the film? It's the other thing. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, you, you have throw, a giant pool. You so throw that much spaghetti at the wall, something's going to stick. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, out of that giant pool, you're going to get some hits. Like, some people are going to make it big time. Right. But, um... I'm curious out of that number, how many actually do make these? Well, I mean, but 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 even so, even even with that, I mean, it's still one of those things where you know, when when I got out of school and when I was you know at production college or something, marketing marketing is such a huge part of a film. I mean, it well, yeah, makes or yeah. breaks a movie, you know, in many cases. And it was just one of these things where it's like, wow, I really had no idea. This is you know what went into this. It was eye opening because I mean, you know, and then I thought about, well, geez, if you had something 
what would you do with it? How do you get it up? Feature films or short films? Well, I'm talking about like anything. I mean, you know, anyone can go and upload a movie into YouTube, but if you're serious and you want to make a career out of this and you want to make a living, I mean, it's a huge part of what you do. I mean, uh, you know, you guys, when you did Sherry, I'm talking to Sherry, when medicine happened, you know, how long was Barry out there, you know, promoting it and stuff and just getting it out there? Um, (laughs) That's a real question. (laughs) I mean... You know, it was like, it got into festivals pretty quickly, but then after that it was a lot of, like, promoting it and, like, trying to get it into other festivals and then, like, trying to get attention from, like, magazines. Yeah, I mean, like, the filmmaker's going to be the biggest force behind it that has to keep pushing a film. There's a... But for how long was he? Well, there's a story Barry told me um, that actually I use in the Art Shoot segment where I interview him um, about how you was at South By and, and nobody, like, the people you wanted to see it hadn't seen it. So you and Justin went out to get those people? Yeah, I got the directory, the South by directory with the, like all the names of everyone attending and me and Justin called or emailed everyone, like every press or acquisitions or programmer person in the book and like personally invited them to our screenings. I mean, it seems like that's the kind of, like, and that worked it, pretty It did, actually, because the programmer from Toronto came so wait, to our screening and then put the film at the festival in Toronto. As you never applied, you just, they just, um, well, we talked to her then about it. Like, we didn't officially, you know, like, we were just like, hey, we'd like to play in Toronto. So, wait, did the film premiere and you didn't get as good a response as you wanted? And then no. this was for a later screening or this was No, no, no. We, this was at our premiere in South by. Like, we got a pretty good response. But, like, you know, at our first, like, screening or two, we were like, there's still a lot of people that we, after our first screening, there were still a lot of people that we wanted to. So, the film screened and then you want to wanted more people. So, mm-hmm. this was for later screenings. Yeah. Started yeah. What what I think is is significant in the story is how I guess there are two two things. One, there was a real go getemness that they that, you know the whole team showed to make sure they moved out where it needed to go, and I think Florida State foster that fosters that attitude. Although, to be fair, most people who put that kind of money and time and energy into a movie really want people to see it. I don't think that's necessarily unique to Florida State, mm-hmm. but that that's not something we ever had a class on. That was like, hey, by the way, getting into the festival. Not exactly it, but at the same time, anyone can buy the Film Festival Survival Guide and read the book and learn that in Chapter 2. Getting into the festival is not the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's what you, like how you use that. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of talks now, you know, I mean, using festivals as like event platforms and do you sell your DVDs at the festival at the screen and like profit on that? I mean, that's a bunch of questions. Right, and, and there's, only so much, there's only so much the school can tell you when it comes to that. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, it wasn't that way. You couldn't sell your film online ten years ago, you know. Even like five, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like, there it's was no bot- like, an area that's changed. YouTube, YouTube came into existence while I was in film school. YouTube is is you know poised to be one of the predominant ways people view media in the future. Like, no, I mean like colleges are accepting their portfolios on YouTube. Yeah, UCF, I, like that's the way you send in your you portfolio. Send, like a YouTube link to your film. Yeah, it's, it's, you just, the title has to be like UCF Portfolio, and then they search and then the, those are their applicants. I mean, the segments they do for WLRN are approved on Vimeo, I upload them there, password protect yeah, them, the, 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 Jamie the, clears them, yeah. or, you know, suggest cut changes, and they put the new cuts on Vimeo, and he can see them. How you do cut changes? Huh? Mm-hmm. I just give it to them, like, this is it, <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> I care about the word. Notice Carlos keeps getting phone calls. <laughs> Uh, so, other questions? <laughs> um, things you wish you knew before going into film school or applying to film school. Andrew could write you a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all about film school, though. Things he wished he knew five years ago, six years ago. I wish I'd understood that film school is a means to an end, because um, I didn't really consider what happens next that being the most significant thing. And I feel like before going to film school, there was, we had one, one classmate who, who had interned prior to going to film school and had relationships working and like knew what he was going to get out of it. So while he was there, he made choices based on, um, based on what he knew he needed. Oh, I could work on this or I could do this instead. And he, he would make those choices and had the, the knowledge to make them correctly. And how's he doing now? He's excellent, he's exactly where he wanted to be and he's moving. Like, He's doing what he intended to do. So gap year would maybe help, like. Yeah, or I mean, you're you're a junior now. You've got 
Right. You've got time. Yeah, and you can do an internship yeah. while you're... Uh, can't you do, like, internships while you're in high school? Yeah. Still? He, he was actually going to a different college and then transferred. So he'd been going to school somewhere else for a little bit and interning while he was there. Yeah, that was another question I had. Um, yeah, I mean, you have, like, that summer before senior year. Or what is it? The summer. Yeah. And that time is, is very well spent. If you, and But if you have a specific... You know, career you want to be a cinematographer. Um, I, I guess there's always a debate: is, is it worth going to film school, or should you just work on set? Yeah. I mean, you should try. Like, if you want to be a cinematographer, try to you know intern for a cinematographer somewhere, or like you know something like that before you start. Before, like, while yeah, you're it, still in school. it turns out you may hate the life of a cinematographer. Yeah. You love the idea of controlling image, but the fact that you work, you know, that you're freelance, that you work crazy hours, that four months of your life disappear to a project, and you work forever, and your wife and family all become secondary. And sometimes set life isn't that glamorous. Most, Most of the, of the time, time <laughs> set life is uh, standing in the rain for hours and hours and hours, waiting for something to happen. Thing. When is the cloud gonna move? <laughs> I, if these things don't excite you and don't and think that in ten years they're not going to excite you, it's something to know. At the same time, you shouldn't let that limit if you enjoy it now. You can always change careers later. Like, you know, you're not necessarily committing to your entire life in this, but it like would help to have some idea. It gives you a good uh, yeah. basis for the rest of your life. Yeah, especially if you're going to limit your other options. If that's, you're going to say, this is what I'm doing, be more positive you really want to do that. It's a good idea. It's just a good idea before you even, like, apply to school to try and get on a, on a set and just see how it is and, like, actually put in, like, a full... A full couple of days, yeah, on a set. Yeah, you volunteer, I think, on film school sets. But yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you can find yourself in Tallahassee. Try, try, and, try and get on one that's, that's you know, some of, some of the smaller films that are out there, you know, not, not to knock them, but, you know, try and get on one that's run the way, you know, sets that have money in the real world, you know, like, you know, stuff that's getting seen that usually has money. Try and get on one of those. Because you'll see the way it, it's really going to be if you make a career out of it. And, you know, some days, you know, you're out there. I've heard stories of people who are on music video sets where they go 36 hours straight. Over yeah. time, they make a lot of money, but it's still something. Yeah, like, Fred, do you want to be I, up 36 I, hours? A friend who made, who made like $2,000 on one music video as a PA because they went 36 <laughs> hours. But that means he did not go home for 36 hours. He was working. Straight for 36 hours. But as a PA, the lowest man on the totem pole, he made two grand in a weekend. Some PA jobs pay more than others. One time, I made $125 to stand in the rain for 12 hours and guard a parking space as a PA. Firewatch? Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a very big production, uh, and I was privileged to be on it. It was great, but... I was so low on the totem pole that I stood in the rain and said, "No, you're sorry, you can't park there." And most Please, positions, don't yell at me. most positions are, are, you know, set positions are going to be like that. I mean, you know, in order to work your way up to be, you know, a union DP, you know, some people are lucky, and you know, they're DPs right out of the gate. But a lot of people start off as, you know, clapper loaders, second ACs, yeah. first ACs. To be a clapper loader is nothing glamorous. I mean, you run back and forth with magazines. Put them back in their cans, label everything correctly, Sorry. and then haul them back and forth between you know the camera truck and the set, and that's basically what you do, you know, 12, 14 hours a day for the most part, five or six days a week, and then you probably do that for like a year or two. If, if I had to, I guess I'm I'm gonna continue on the same existential kick that I gave in the <laughs> ending one, is that you have to enjoy the process. I think this is something Florida State instills in you pretty well because. Making one movie may be great, the other one isn't. And a lot of your job as a clapper loader, you know, for two years before you move up to second AC, like, while you're doing that, you're going to be doing that a long time. And if you're miserable doing that kind of work and can't appreciate doing a job well done, working with the people you work and enjoy the lifestyle, you know, it, it's going to be very difficult, more difficult than it needs to be. I mean, actually, but it's funny because it seems like a lot of, like, really big Hollywood sets or productions or big budget productions are, like, People like that do seem to be really miserable, but they do it because it pays really well, and they're sort of just like, I don't know, families into it, or somehow they just got like, like nepotism or something that got them into it, and it just pays ridiculously well, and they like do it, and they're really miserable, and they hate it, and it's like kind of, kind of sad. It's kind of like, twenty other people like because I feel like film, since it's an art form, it shouldn't be. Oh, I gotta go do this now. I mean, there are certainly I mean, parts, but there are parts that's, where you're that's like, the oh, disconnect God. that happens. I mean, because I mean, you have like crew positions where it's like, yeah, I mean, there's really no art form in 
like loading a film mag or like measuring yeah. distance like so there's certain jobs where it's like yeah of course it's like totally an art form but then like a lot of other stuff just like here's a lot of money anyway, but do your job well <laughs> but basically even, if you pay someone really well it makes the set go quicker and therefore it costs them less money in the end like there, to, have, to have people on their game even the idea of it being an art form it's an art form very rooted in the real world every single thing you're going to do is going to have a dollar sign attached to yeah. it um so while it would be amazing to have that explosion and that car chase, and artistically it just totally mirrors the character's you know personal arc, that costs seven million dollars and you have twelve thousand dollars. So instead, you know, you cut away to his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the car that, breaks, the tire gets shot some orange light on his face. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, were there were there moments in your movie where you felt like if only you had a million dollars, you would have done it very differently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not very differently but I mean, sometimes you have to come yeah. in, um, I think that's I think that's where you solutions. like the art the you know artisticness the creativity comes into it is like you have to figure out ways to work around that and still make it work you know like still make it as good as it you know as it can be with that's like what I like about low budget filmmaking that's what you know, I like about is, small crews like that's what I like about yeah. like small crews and low budget filmmaking is like the creativity involved in like figuring out how to make it work in spite of you know all of your obstacles which I, it, ironically I think was something there's something great about having an incredible crew and learning how 25 people function on the set and being in a situation on a film in, in a film school movie where um, I remember like DPing um an F3 and and the director would ask for a lens change before I called it out the first AC would have anticipated what I needed called it to the second the second brought them so I said I need the and it was in my hands and have like a, a chain of events where everyone is so in tune and, and working that way is amazing at the same time having that many people means you move that much slower and yeah the, I mean trying to it's like pushing a giant boulder sometimes like yeah I mean and then yeah with this big crew and small crew it's like you know when you're on a big set and it's like oh I don't like the way the shot is framed up. Can we move it over here? And it's like, if it's like, it's like a few people, it's just like, oh, let's just move the tripod over here. Uh, done. And like we, on a big set, it's like we got to relight. We got to move the yeah. lights. We got to move. Yeah, and, and that's that's a thing. That's that's a thing that dolly. money, you know, where money comes into play. Well, I, I almost want to say uh, <laughs> a little. If if you have a little more money than you need, suddenly you need a lot more money yeah. than you need. And mm-hmm. this is something Sherry said, quoting someone else about how he was on a bigger movie, James. Yeah, he said he was on a movie with like several times the budget we had on on medicine and he said it kind of ran very similarly only everyone was getting paid <laughs> but like pretty much it, it all they had they and ran into all of the same problems crew size the same or no the crew was a little the crew was bigger and you know they had a little more money but like they ran into a lot of the same problems but like containing your costs in that sense so it's like oh i've got enough money i'll hire five people but five people bring five you know different problems, each one of them having, having a car, having food, having things. If you can have three people, you have more money to spend on, on other things. So I guess that was about small crews versus big crews. I mean, you can't make Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean with a crew really of eight, yeah. but you can go and make a movie that's awesome like Wendy and Lucy, or like no matter what, with a crew of seven or eight. Coming out this year. Coming out this year. Get ready, kids. Coming out in fall 2010. Fall 2010. Marketing, right here. Marketing. <laughs> there you go. You said Toronto. From the producer who brought e-medicine from Melancholy, and uh, that's South by Southwest. I'm sorry. You guys bring a projector Myth there of the American like, Sleepover. It played in Toronto. <laughs> Not on the festival. We just played it on the wall. It played in Toronto. <laughs> Comes a story shot on the surface of the moon. I kind of would love to bum rush a festival like that. <laughs> have my movie be like, oh, I played in my own film, so I have a picture next to the sign. <laughs> just run in, project totally it. just do that. Anyway. Punch just a projector, put mine on, run away. It'll be- Okay, freedom interlude. Now, next question. Um, okay. <laughs> I was I was working on set of a uh, CBS uh, best commercial sh- uh, Super Bowl commercials of the past decade, and I was talking to all the guys there, asking them, "Is film school actually worth it? You know, like, should I actually invest this much money in it?" Um, and a lot of them said that, you know, it's with the amount of money that you spend, go buy a house and <laughs> basically work on sets and learn everything there. 
I'd say I'd say I'd say there's a generational uh, gap here. There are a lot of people who are sort of grandfathered in to the things that they do, and there are a lot of positions in the industry, and there's a lot of things where. I'd say one of the biggest things that I realize that film school does is a networking. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like we all know each other because we all went to film school. I didn't know anyone here before we went to yeah. film school, and Dude, I still the, best thing I the majority, school. three yeah. quarters of the people I still talk to aren't people I went to high school with, aren't people I played baseball with. You know, they're people I went to film school with. You know, Carlos played baseball, by the way. <laughs> I played football too. Network, it's it's, it's it's networking and it's getting into places like after school. I mean, you know, there there are a lot of things that I would not have been able to just go out there and do just based on my resume and based on the people that I know. And film school was something that allowed me to do that. Other people who work their positions, I think, you know, so there's one thing I realized out there is that there are people. You know, I got in. I got into film because I love film and I like filmmaking. I want to be a filmmaker. You know, whether that gets to happen or not, yet to be seen. But there are people who do what they do on film productions as a job. It's strictly a job. They don't have aspirations to do anything more than make as much money as they can doing what they're doing. And it's you know the same as being a doctor, same as being a lawyer. It's like that's that's their job. Whereas for the rest of us, it's like we don't make money you know barely yeah. at all do it for the money we have our aspirations and i think for those people it's more one of those things well if you're going to spend the money screw it because like they didn't go to film school and they have those jobs but for the rest of us we wouldn't think that similar and also the whole money thing i mean like because we even talked about it since you're you know if you go to florida state it's kind of like a mute point since it really mm -hmm. doesn't cost much if anything the the um I, this is applies to more just film school college is stupidly expensive and debt sucks. Have as little of it as possible because it'll allow you to do more things when you graduate. And if you study something that is not film and have no, no debt, and then you can go work on film sets, it'll take you a couple of years to learn things you need to know, but you'll be able to do them, you know? Um, that, that's invaluable. Going to a great film school and then graduating with 160 grand in debt does you no know favor. Yeah, it definitely seriously affects like the decisions you're gonna make afterwards. Yeah, I mean, and there's just no way around that. And I know when I was doing my film school research, I ran into a couple people who went to really expensive film schools, and um, and that was the thing that stuck out to me. That was one of the major deciding factors in Florida State was that it was extremely affordable. Um, and I mean, you got a lot. The idea is spend as little as possible and get as much out of it as possible. That's true, I think, for college in general. Um, yeah. But but film school, film school in particular, because it's a really unstable career where the money doesn't flow, and they don't necessarily need you because there are lots of people who do the same job for free. That's it for this week's episode. Join us next week. We'll have an interview with John Reese, the filmmaker and DIY distribution guru. He just wrote the book Think Outside the Box Office. And be sure to check out the website, coffeeandcelluloid.com, for more articles, podcasts, and all sorts of interesting stuff.